Everyone around here wants to talk about rebuilding. Okay, let's do that. Let's talk about the rebuilding Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network, which you can connect with bright and early every morning without doing a thing by setting us to automatic downloads. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, Anchor, everywhere. Everywhere you look for podcasts, set us up for auto downloads. It'll be a big help to this little business. I'm not a big fan, generally speaking, of rankings and the lists in being the foundation of articles. And you know what I'm talking about, the top 10 this, top 5 that, uh, six favorite moments, blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you this, they work. Um, I've done them, kind of holding my nose, and they work. Our site has done them, and our data will show that they work. People want to open them. They want to read them. Not all of them, like anything in life, are created equal. Every year, ESPN connects with football outsiders to produce a ranking of all 32 NFL teams based on the talent they have that's 25 years old or younger. It's a great idea, but the execution of the article is that much greater. I've dealt with the people at Football Outsiders. This goes back about three or four years, and they are total pros. They're not winging it. They're not just saying, hey, I like this guy or I don't like that guy. They put in tons and tons of work. In addition to film study, as many advanced analytics as they can either get their hands on or concoct on their own. It's an amazing site, an amazing group, and ESPN is smart to be linked up with them on this particular project. So I see this list came out yesterday, and I'm clicking through it. I open it up and I see the introduction and there's a a point in the introduction that says if you want to just skip ahead to wherever uh, your team of choice is, just click on that team here and all 32 teams are listed there. And I was just about to hit the PIT and I thought, you know what, Let's let's just see who's on the list, right? I scroll down a little bit. There's Baltimore. Oh, Ravens. Yeah, well, that that kind of makes sense. Baltimore was number one. The Ravens have had a ton of picks, a ton of very good picks. They've obviously got some rather prominent young talent that's already been known to people, one of whom happens to be the league MVP. So that that wasn't too much of a shocker. I'm sure that's not going to make people who are fans of the other three AFC North teams all that excited to know that the Ravens could be set for a very long time and could be, I don't know, they're going to be 14-2 again, but they're going to be pretty good. And they're going to be that way for the foreseeable future. Number two was the New York Giants, also of note because the Steelers will, of course, open their season against the Giants September 14 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. They make the list in large part because Saquon Barkley's on there. Maybe to a lesser extent, Daniel Jones being on there started to come around a little bit last season. 
and I kept going a little bit, and I thought, you know what, let's just go back up and hit the PIT because I'm going to – I really just wanted to see where the Steelers were. But nah, nah, let's just, just, just go ahead and – a couple more taps. So I did. There were the Steelers at 6th, S-I-X-T-H, 6th. That's amazing. I don't think of the Steelers that way. Do you? Do you think of the Steelers as being a team that's got exceptional young talent or is a younger team? No, no. We've been conditioned, all of us, for way too long to associate everything about the Steelers with Ben. The window is closing. Ben is... Whether it's 36 years old, 37 years old, 38 years old, when Ben is 40 or 42, everything will be attached to Ben. Our perception of the state of the Steelers will be attached to Ben. That's just how we see the Steelers. We, if you asked 100 people, surveyed 100 people on downtown streets and asked them, do you see the Steelers as an older team or as a younger team? I guarantee you 100 out of 100 would say that they'd be older. And it wouldn't just be because of the quarterback. I mean, Cam Hayward was one of the better defensive performers in all of football last year. He's into his 30s. Marquise Pouncey is obviously up there. The whole offensive line is really. But, but, and this article and analysis, the Pittsburgh portion of it, lays this out beautifully. They don't even include T.J. Watt. In their listings, he is a quote-unquote graduate, meaning he was eligible for the list, but he's no longer 25, so he didn't make the cut this year. So T.J. doesn't even count. All the guys who are on there, I'm not going to surprise you with any of these names. You know them. Minka Fitzpatrick is seen not as a rising star, not as a budding star, just as a star. He was the best safety in all of football last year. He's still a child at 23 years old. Juju Smith-Schuster was drafted so young. Just because he's been around for a long time doesn't mean he's a finished product. Yeah, he took a step backward. They love him. They cited him. Devin Bush, don't forget the price that the Steelers paid to move up and get him. He didn't exactly let anybody down. Last year, he was a rookie and he was out there calling signals, taking charge, getting his hands on the football, making the plays. The rest of the wide receiving core all cited. They like all of them. And they, again, they got into these really advanced metrics. For example, give you a good one here on James Washington. There were 25 deep balls thrown James Washington's way in 2019. Ten of them were deemed catchable by this analysis. That means he only had a prayer at ten balls down deep. The guy is a deep threat specialist. And that was the extent of the opportunity that he had. When he did get his deep chances, he made the most of them. Again, there were really, really specific points of data to support this. Deontay Johnson, another one that made the list. They even got into the guys that were just drafted. Chase Claypool was mentioned. Anthony McFarland they really like, the running back out of Maryland. 
we don't think of the Steelers as being young. But the fact is, should the Steelers go on to contend in 2020, should they become a real threat in the AFC and maybe even beyond, it'll be because of these guys. Yes, it's wonderful to have Ben back. Yes, I'm sure Ben is thrilled to have Marquis still snapping the ball to him and everything else. That's not to take anything away from the older players that they do have. Uh, I'll mention again, just for effect, that Cam Hayward played what I feel was the best season of his life in 2019. These guys do matter. I just don't know that they define the Steelers anywhere near as much as we think. This is an uplifting thing because in Every one of these cases that I mentioned to you, every single name, there's still a very high ceiling. Minka, you can say, well, Minka, how could he possibly be better? Minka might be the one exception to that where you say, wow, he was just so tremendous and he had all those takeaways. How could he possibly be better than that? Minka, actually in a Zoom call, Uh, with us last week, went over how, and that's because of communication. Remember that Minka joined the Steelers in midseason. He joined them out in Santa Clara against the 49ers. Now, the fact that he just walked right out onto the field and was fantastic, that's to his credit. It doesn't mean that he was fully ready. It doesn't mean that he had fully absorbed everything about the defensive system, how to read off the corners, how to learn to trust Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden, uh, how to communicate with Terrell Edmonds, how to make sure that he was putting himself into the best position to be that ball hawk to make the plays that needed to be made. Don't tell me he can't be better than that, even if he ends up with fewer takeaways. Takeaways, are a lot of them are luck. That's just the way the ball bounces. And we did see the ball just bounce into Minka's hands a lot last year. That doesn't mean he can't be a better player. The rest of them, tell me who can't really rise up. Juju's got a lot of room for improvement. Deontay is going to have his first year with Ben. Deontay made the best by far out of any of the receivers with the quarterbacks that he had. Now he's going to be working with a Hall of Fame quarterback, James Washington. Keep going. Right down the list, the draft picks. All of these guys can be a lot better. Devin Bush, how about the step that he can take forward? Everyone seems to get excited about the Steelers or deflated based entirely on Ben. And I get that. That's what 2019 did to all of us. It'll do that to us again this coming year. If Ben goes down, that's just the nature of the sport. But if Ben's healthy and Ben's fine and the offense does what it's supposed to do under his direction, this is a really exciting team from the future standpoint, from the potential standpoint. And I think that's something that's really worth underscoring. When we come back, how about the Pirates last night in Cincinnati, huh? Hey! 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Pirates apparently have found their magic formula for success, and that is to get a three-day break because the other team is afflicted with the coronavirus and then proceed to slam a really mediocre starting pitcher all over the major league's most hitter-friendly ballpark. All right. I mean, I didn't have to go there. The Pirates beat the Reds 9-6 to last night at Great American Ballpark. And the last thing you should do to a team that's 4-13 and is to dump on any of the four wins. The most dominant facet for me of this outcome is that the Pirates just would have finally felt good about hitting the ball a little bit. Yeah, they had a couple of those games uh, against the Tigers in the most recent homestand, but that's the Tigers, and it's you know, and and they ended up losing those games anyway. So there's not the same feel right off the bat. Actually, before the bat, Josh Bell goes and tells reporters in Cincinnati, including our Alex Stumpf, that he's predicting that they're going to come out of it right then and there against the Reds. And it's going to stay that way for the rest of the season. Okay, well then, Adam Frazier comes up and knocks the ball out of the park the first at bat. The Pirates, for the first time in their 134-year history, end up having three home runs in their first six at bats. Colin Moran, Gregory Polanco following suit. Anthony DiSclefani is not particularly good at baseball. So there's not any real hat to hang here from that perspective. The fact that the Reds had to just basically leave him out there further to die to save their bullpen only exacerbated things. But I'll still insist that any positive that the Pirates can find in these next few games will serve them well. Whether that's in Cincinnati, or when they come home next week against Cleveland, whatever it is, any positives that they can find, because the most important elements, two of them, remaining in this season are, one, have your good players be good players again. As Bell also correctly pointed out yesterday, it's crazy that all of the Pirates' top four hitters, himself included, are hovering in that 200 range. It's it's ludicrous. No matter what you think of the Pirates as an institution or as a payroll or even of them as individuals, you have to concede that it's nuts that these four guys are where they are. I mean, Polanco, even after the home run, is at 094. 
this is something that has to turn around and will turn around. Brian Reynolds still turned in an 0 for 5. He is due for the biggest comeuppance, and he had a couple balls that should have been hits. We've robbed of. He's still looking for his first RBI, dude. These are things that have to reverse themselves. Number two is that young players or really any players who haven't performed in the past need to rise up. They need to become assets, whether that's assets to the Pirates in the near-term, long-term future or even assets for Ben Charrington to trade. Eric Gonzalez right now is smoking the cover off the ball. This is a great thing for the Pirates, no matter what you think of his future with this franchise. It doesn't matter. Gonzalez has been seen for years and years as a pedigree guy around baseball. Someone he just looks, he has that A-Rod body type. I'm not comparing the two. You know what I'm saying? He just has that special baseball athleticism look to him. There will be teams out there that will be interested in him. Colin Moran is a guy who could homer his way into being a good, tradable asset as you get closer to the end of this month. Those are positives for the Pirates, short and long-term. From there, yeah, I want to see younger guys playing. I want to see them active. Derek Shelton yesterday kind of dumped on the idea of bringing up Kebrian Hayes, uh, which I found a little bit surprising. Not so much from the performance standpoint. Hayes hasn't had a chance to do anything. They're in Altoona. They're just playing these loose scrimmages. They're not doing anything. But more from the standpoint that he sounded as firm on it as he was, that Hayes just isn't seen as someone who could be ready to come up, and they have guys here who are playing it. So maybe that's what we're seeing at the top level, because Gonzalez, Moran, they play third base primarily. They'd want to keep raising the value on those guys and see if Charrington can have some tradable assets. And then after that, let Hayes have the final month at third base if one or both gets moved. But the this is what I'm talking about. These are the pluses that you want in play. It's not about 2020. It arguably hasn't been about 2020 all along. It's been about taking whatever Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark left behind on their scorched earth, especially the minor league system, and trying to make something of it and trying to parlay that into real pieces that will apply for the future. Sometimes those tradable assets are people that you wouldn't have imagined would have any worth. Eric Gonzalez obviously being Exhibit A among them. Guy's been outstanding for a while now. So good. They, they, They got one out of their system. They're feeling good about it. Let's see more of their performances individually. And yeah, sure, just for fun, collectively too, rise up. That's healthy. That's positive. When we come back, something else that's positive, except primarily when it's not positive. I want it on the record somewhere that I am opting in to do this third segment. 
of the show. Oh, I could have opted out and everyone would have applauded me and told me how much they respected my decision, but I have chosen to opt in. And as such, I feel obligated to remind you first that this segment is always brought to you by our friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. During normal times, one in seven people in our region are food insecure, including one in five children. Not knowing where your next meal is coming from can be scary, and now during the pandemic, the need for food is that much greater. If you are in need, you, of food assistance, or if you'd just like to support the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank's mission of feeding people, eliminating hunger in our region, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. One dollar can provide enough food for up to five meals. I still haven't opted out. I'm still in. All across sports, you're reading this every day. Somebody's opting out. Somebody is, uh, they have really good reasons for it. Sometimes people are just getting kicked out. I can't remember the dude's name right now, but somebody with the Seattle Seahawks who's barely even with the Seattle Seahawks who got a $2,000 tryout bonus. He was just at the fringe, the absolute fringe of their training camp tried to sneak his girlfriend into the team hotel. This was just the day before yesterday. Team found out about it yesterday, booted him like he never existed. That's where this stuff is heading. If you're going to opt in, opt all the way in. If you're going to opt out, opt all the way out. And I feel like it's necessary after hearing every single time someone opts out. I really respect that. I I just, that's so, what a bold, gutsy thing that was for so-and-so to do, starting with David Price of the Dodgers and then continuing on to other people. And again, some of these cases are legit. They've had health concerns, uh, Beyond coronavirus, they have existing conditions that are known to be exacerbated by coronavirus. They might have pregnant wives. They might uh, have other circumstances that don't ever get made public. So, yeah, some of it's there. But when I look at the pattern that's primarily in place across all sports, those who have opted out almost without exception, are those that are making the most money. I know no one's allowed to say that. We're not allowed to talk about that because we respect them so much for their decisions. But the fact is that David Price and a lot of these others are exactly that because they can afford to do that. They know that their jobs are secure. They know that when they come back the following year, everything's going to be just fine. They'll walk right back in there. Everyone will say, hey, David, we really respected your decision. I respect the decisions of those who valued specific health conditions. I really do. I respect that. I'll tell you what I respect just as much, and no one ever mentions it. The players who are participating, is it okay to say that? 
Is it okay to say that you're respecting the players who have said, you know what, I mean, this is what I do for a living. This is it. You know, we've said it about the grocery workers. We've said it about delivery workers. We've said it about people at restaurants. We have said it in all capital letters about the men and women who serve us in the medical community. And we should. They have gone to do their jobs. I, me, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that these people continued to show up for work and to do their jobs. That's made this pandemic that much more livable, tolerable, and yes, safer for all of us. The sports people, the athletes, even at the highest level, don't matter anywhere near as much as the doctors and nurses. And maybe not even as much as the other people that I just mentioned to you. Because, you know, we do have to eat. But they still went and decided to do their jobs. And I'd like to just take this small opportunity to say thank you to them and to show my respect to them and to point out something that I don't think anyone around here has pointed out yet, although I could be wrong on that. All three of Pittsburgh's major league teams, Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates, as I'm speaking, haven't had a single opt-out. Is there a pattern to that? Is it because... You know, we're Pittsburgh, we're black and gold, rah, rah. I'm not being silly about it. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that because we care so much about sports that our players felt any special need to go and compete during a pandemic. But these are the three teams that I cover. These are the three teams that I'm most invested in. And I think it is worth a measure of applause and respect even a little bit of gratitude that they all showed up to do their jobs. Nothing wrong with that either. Coming up at 11 a.m., the latest Pirates pod from Alex Stumpf out in Cincinnati and his friend Noah Hiles. These have been really good, by the way. If you're missing these, you're missing some good baseball talk. Thanks so much for listening to this one. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.